1: China, and just when you mean to tell her that you have no love to give her, then she gets you on her wavelength, and she lets the river answer that you've always been her lover, and you want to travel right. with her.
0: For this episode, we'll be talking about Leonard Cohen, songs of Leonard Cohen. In the room, I got Rob. I got John, Hi. Ben, and Adam. Yeah. Songs of Leonard Cohen is the debut album by the Canadian folk singer-songwriter Leonard Cohen. It was released on December 27, 1967, on Columbia Record Label. The producer was John Simon, and the genre is contemporary folk. And from AllMusic review, Mark Deming: At a time when a growing number of pop songwriters were embracing a more explicitly poetic approach to their lyrics. The 1967 debut album from Leonard Cohen introduced a songwriter who, rather than being inspired by serious literature, took up music after establishing himself as a published author and poet. The 10 songs on Songs of Leonard Cohen were certainly beautifully constructed, artful in a way few other lyricists would approach for some time. But what's most striking about these songs isn't Cohen's techniques, superb as it is, so much as his portrait's of a world dominated by love and lust, rage and need, compassion and betrayal. While the relationship between men and women was often the framework for Cohen's songs, he didn't earn the nickname Master of Erotic Despair for Nothing. He didn't write about love. Rather, Cohen used the never-ending thrust and parry between the sexes as a jumping-off point for his obsessive investigation of humanity's occasional kindness and frequent atrocities. Cohen's worldview would be heady stuff at nearly any time and place, but coming in a year when pop music was only just beginning to be taken seriously, Songs of Leonard Cohen was a truly audacious achievement. As bold, a challenge to pop music conventions, and a nearly perfect realized product of his creative imagination. Producer John Simon added a touch of polish to Cohen's songs with his arrangements. Originally, Cohen wanted no accompaniment other than his guitar, though the results don't detract from his dry but emotive vocals. Instead, they complement his lyrics with a thoughtful beauty and give the songs even greater strength. And a number of Cohen's finest songs appear here, including Suzanne, The Subtle, Venomous Master Song, and Sisters of Mercy. Many artists worked their whole career to create a work as singular and accomplished as this album. And Cohen worked his alchemy the first time he entered the recording studio. That's how you write a review. That's how you write a review. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what did we think of songs of Leonard Cohen? Fucking goosebumps, man. Masterpiece. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna in the punch bowl. Um you go first? Uh sure. Go for so, it. I think that I agree with what was the original Rolling Stone review of this album, which is that oh. there are three brilliant songs, one good song, three established bummers and three flaming shits. Um I think it's, <laughs> I wrote that down because I thought it was really It's funny. pretty sound. I mean, I don't know if I could pick the exact shits that he thought or the bummers that he thought, but What shits do you think? Okay, I if you're talking about shits Flaming shits. Uh, flaming shits. I think "The Stranger Song," "Stories of the Street," and "Teachers" are all flaming shits. <laughs> Boo urns. I mean, that's just a matter of opinion. You know, if you're looking at the whole album and you say, you know, what am I listening to? This is this is Leonard Cohen. This is the first time the world is hearing him as a musician, not as a poet, not as a novelist. And you say, okay, you've got some really good stuff on here, but then you've got some stuff that kind of just just falls flat. And, and I don't think that those rang, because there are some songs on this album that, whether you think of them as a song or a poem or somewhere in between, they really speak to you. And then there are some things in here that, by the time you hear them, you, even if you were just reading them on paper, you'd be like,
1: eh...
0: Yeah, I'm gonna play. What would it be called if I'm getting along with your version, but I'm falsely getting along with your version? Strawman argument, devil's, or De- or De- devil's advocate, not or, devil's no. advocate. Well, devil's that's advocate that's the is a solid De- opposite. Devil's compadre. I'm gonna be <laughs> devil's compadre for this one because I love Leonard Cohen, but I'm gonna kind of go along with you in this theory. It's true. the The way he presents the songs, it's not as exciting. So you're a musician, let's say, you know, you're a poet. Yeah, but you're not really presenting it as a musician. Let's, right. Let's, let's say that. In a lot of the songs, you could say, well, they got kind of one mode. He doesn't stretch out into the, these different uh, songwriting like modes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to go along with you for that one, <laughs> just to say that. But I'm going to say it's fucking brilliant. Like, I, just as a... A lover of Leonard Cohen, his sort of poetic phrasing oh. and his his playing is actually quite good. It's a little understated, I would say. Like we've been listening to the bossa nova. He's got a his, good finger picking. His finger really picking does. is spot on for can what I, he's doing. Can
3: I play a game and guess? So I, I'm assuming the three great songs are "Suzanne," "So Long, Marianne," "Hey, That's No Way to Say Goodbye." That's that's my three brilliant. Yeah, people. And I don't know what the a other
2: lot three of people are.
4: Have said that. A stranger song. People like stranger song. I like stranger song. I like in like master song. I like
2: I like the bummers. I mean, just because they're bummers doesn't mean I don't like them. I like master song. I just I guess I'm always I'm always it's so challenging to
3: criticize an album because you have to get in your head. Um,
5: oh, it's really easy to criticize an album. Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just did it. No, but I, I,
3: <laughs> let me let me finish that thought. It's, it's hard to criticize an album that um, like for example if if I ever wrote one song that was half as good as the three songs I just named, I would be just the happiest songwriting little boy in the world. (laughs) And I mean, this he's, he's so masterful when he writes a song that just clicks Mm -hmm. and the lyrics are so strong all the way through and beautiful and poignant. And um, so I, you know, this record has so many songs that are just beyond everything else that's, that's, that's happening at the same time, that I... I think I give a little extra credit to the songs that maybe um, slump a little bit, and I'm, I'm aware that that's a bias, but it's just like when the... It might be the sort of thing where when the good songs are so good that like it makes the fine songs seem a little bit worse, and that can be a real challenge on a record.
5: I don't think so. Uh, honestly, on on this level, I don't think that's a a thing. Um, this comes back to a thing that I've talked about before, where like there's a genre that you don't get or whatever, and uh, there's the people that do it so well that you're into it. Um, and Leonard Cohen, like, I, I was I was fascinated by the fact that like the this being the first like. Did he have any other records before this? This is uh, his first music record. So this is the first music record he had. And already at this point, he had set up like... I'm going to have these fucking ghost girls like doing their... Ahs in the background. Yeah. And the fucking poetry is intense. Mm-hmm. And the fucking chord progressions are fucking... Mm-hmm. Absolutely off the fucking wall. And he's doing this just guitar, vocal, and some background vocals. And to me... Some strings that, occasionally, but just what he made with that, yeah, mm-hmm. like that that minimal shit yeah. that set up the basis for all the Leonard Cohen that I really love. The fact that like it exists in the '60s as singer songwriter, I, I I think it, yeah. it, it it just it proves how a brilliant human can fucking come out just swinging and. You can watch them grow and be like holy shit what a fucking uh, yeah. these, crazy person
4: these songs lyrically alone like separate them from their music and and view them as poems. They're really powerful you know like, just like talking about like just punch in the gut type stuff that a lot of people have been through a lot of people can relate to and you could you could he could have just set these poems to music and it could have been just that poems to music. Uh, Yeah, like like Leonard Nimoy with
3: uh, right, right. William Shatner.
4: Yeah, like uh, Leonard Cohen would be the first to admit that. uh, Like, I I think his fingerstyle guitar picking is really cool. He was self conscious about his musical abilities. He was in a he was in a band uh, when he was young, uh, but he didn't really like. He was he was self conscious like when the studio guns came in and stuff because he felt like he was more of like a more of a writer, more of a poet, not so much he's a storyteller. Uh, yeah, not so much a musician, a songwriter. But I think these songs, uh, lyrically are so powerful, but then set them to the this music, this like pseudo-flamenco, like minor key progressions that he's doing, I it makes him at least for me, I I, I hear music before lyrics, uh, so powerful. Like, so much more, like, it's so much more than if it had just been written on a page, as powerful as that is. Uh, for this, for this, uh, in preparation for this podcast, I, I sat down this record and I pull up the lyrics to each song. I don't do it for many artists. I do it for Leonard Cohen. I do it for Bob Dylan. You know, people that, like, i it's important to know what they're talking about. Because if I'm just casually listening, I, I, I kind of just hear the music and the lyrics go into the background. Uh, I'd heard these songs dozens of times, but I'd never actually sat down and followed along with the lyrics. And man, I keep on coming back to a punch in the gut. <laughs> like, so many of these songs, just like... Like the the most human of interactions. Like He, he taps into that. And then... It, it, you know like uh, like musically it just it it fits like these this like kind of like melodramatic finger picking stuff it, it just it fits it like a glove And even if you don't know what he's talking about, if I didn't speak English and I was listening to this album, you'd feel something. I'd man. be like, oh man he's he's lonely and he's, he's heartbroken
1: oh, he's God. lovesick They were waiting for me when I thought that I just can't go on. And they brought me their comfort, and later they brought me this song. Oh, I hope you run into them, you who've been traveling so long.
5: Out.
3: Low, that low kind of guttural singing that he does—it's—it's it's very, um, it, it adds a lot. You know, he emotes even though he's barely singing. Like when you think about, like, just how very gently he's singing. You know, it's—it's it's not very. It's not—he's not pushing. He's just delivering it the way the way that he wants to present his, his story. Um, I, I, remember the first time I heard this record. Um, this was one of those records that I found in the basement in a box of records. And I had already like pulled out the record player from the basement. And I think my mom had this one and, you know, I'm going through all these records and just like this, thanks. This is lame. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I think I put this one on and it opened with Suzanne and I was just like, what is this? And I was maybe thirteen and it was just so like this, you know, to a melodramatic thirteen-year-old, it clicked. And like and then you hear a song like So Long Marianne, which is so beautiful but also very sad. And that's what that stuff was my bread and butter as a teenager. I was listening to, like The Cure and Leonard Cohen. <laughs> and then just you know? Tiny goth. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like a. I, I was tiny like. Tiny Detroit goth. <laughs> I was a uh, little baseball playing. You know, but not. I didn't dress goth, but I guess I was definitely on the some, inside. Yeah, I was black on the inside. Yeah. No, uh, But uh, I had my fishnets on the inside. But uh, (laughs) No, but seriously, this record just blew my mind. Uh, And it wasn't that it was every song was just perfect. You know, I get that criticism. But the strong songs, I, I, I just, I don't know that I've ever heard someone that does as good a job with what he does... Which is like guy and a guitar, you know? The like guy and a guitar is the classic. Like this is gonna suck. That's a Here we classic go. Like <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, out. <laughs> it's just like the classic.
0: This is gonna be a disaster. And so, oh sorry.
3: And like, and he just just says no, no, nah, not. Nah, check this out, and it works.
0: So yeah, we've talked about folk albums before on in this book and everything, and I've always said, yeah. Pretty cool, but not there yet. And Leonard Cohen is the first time where where you know I called it in the genre very specifically modern folk, because it and I think Bob Dylan touched on that subject of that modern folk before he got into the you know uh, more rocky kind of kind of stuff. But this is a true like okay now the poetry everything's coming together. There's there's no rules for. You know this kind of folk music. He's bringing it into something, and I've always said there there are four things I think that I always look for in a folk artist. You have to be because there's nothing else. It's you and a guitar. So you either have to be a great player, you have to be a great singer, you have to be great be a great lyricist, or you have to be do something that is original and no one's been doing before. Yep. those are the only things that I can really <laughs> judge you on, because there's there's nothing else it's you guitar you know that's it and for leonard cohen it's absolutely top of the game is lyrics yeah i yeah. mean yep. yeah poet poetry but he's not a bad player he's a pretty good yeah. player with the picking style that we've talked about before he's and, not bad with a melody and he's not bad with a melody he does it his own way mm-hmm. which is interesting <laughs> But it's no, a very and he, weird. And he is doing something, nice I think, sound. unique it's and different very... because he is now incorporating, you know, poetry into this sort of. And he goes into different melodies. The way the melody structures work in the song, it's not just a plain folk song. I hear a hundred times, not to. I, I like Joan Baez and some of those <laughs> other things, but you hear the emotion so much more, even though he's not as good of a singer. I would say, you know, mm-hmm. traditional singers. He doesn't as have a is. huge range, exactly. But he does he a, lot nice with timbre, a little. The way it's, he does, does it—that's exactly yeah. it. It's yeah. timbre.
3: It's not about like control or melody. It's just about like presenting what you do have in a charismatic way.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's it's very spare and and clean, and I appreciate that. And I like when when he does it right, which is most of the time, it's really good, but there are a few on here where it's not so great.
5: You know what a lot of this is to me? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, and aside from the fact that I find the whole record be engaging and brilliant, <clears throat> I think of a hippie nodding his head, and he doesn't do it well. <laughs> like, this doesn't resonate with the fucking hippies. It doesn't. It's, no. uh, it's a new thing. It's a new thing. The summer of love has been broken by Leonard
1: Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I do think that there's. A, I do think that there
0: is a certain
3: like, yeah, a quality of like. Oh, this is this is not what was happening before. It's this. It, there's a guy. There's a white guy with a guitar, an acoustic guitar, which is the same, but it's actually different. And like, I think there's something uh, nice about that. I mean, cool. being from. He's from Montreal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe.
4: maybe. So is our thing, right? Uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a guy with a guitar, but here's how a Leonard Cohen love song goes. You know, like he'll spend the three, the first three phrases of a stanza, talking about how much he loves someone and how special that person is and how irreplaceable that person is, and then the fourth line is, "But I have to leave you." you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Repeat.
2: Well, it's the difference between <laughs> starting as a yeah. singer and starting as a poet. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cohen was a poet for, I don't know however many years, 10, well, 15 years before he ever picked up a guitar.
4: and it's Professionally. It, it's autobiographical. He, he, he like, these are stories that he has lived. Like, like right now, uh, well, well... So long, well, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, so long, Marianne is what we're listening to right now. And, like, man, we could talk for a long time about that but before that we were just listening to sisters of mercy which is also you know just based on a very real anecdote cohen was he was vagabonding around a little bit he was staying at a hotel i don't know if he was on tour or just traveling or what he seemed to always just kind of be on the move like between montreal and hydra and new york city and wherever else he It was, like, raining out, and he was, like, seeking shelter in, like, the lobby of the hotel or whatever, and he runs into these two backpackers, uh, these two girls that are backpacking across the country, and they're also seeking shelter, and I guess they, they have this spiritual connection, they all uh, they all kind of... They're, they're all vagabonds in the world, and they end up crashing in, in his hotel room, and from all I gathered, really all they did was sleep, and they slept and he wrote a song about them while they slept and when they woke up he played and that was sisters of mercy and like the whole song's about you know this people passing in earth and sharing this love and even if it's not a sexual thing like even if it's not that kind of love just like the compassion of strangers passing in the night and like it's such a cool thing a yeah she brings in the hu- humanity or the yeah.
0: humility like within that context that brings into it's it's not the old blue eyes like I love this dame. It's yeah. the what a broad. I see <laughs> I see the faults. I see I can empathize Strangers with someone.
5: <laughs> <night>. I think the thing with glances. do we do So we're
3: listening to so long Marianne and like I remember hearing this for the first time. I actually remember it. And the, to the la- to laugh and cry and cry and laugh about it all again is, is one that struck me as a young person. It's so simple, but the duality is, is interesting. But like this, this uh, the fifth verse, there's actually six verses in this song. The fifth verse is, For now I need your hidden love. I'm cold as a new razor blade. You left when I told you I was curious. I never said I was that brave. And uh, it's just that idea of just like, all this intention and there's so much you can read into that. Like that's, that's like 20 words. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not, a, it's not a lot, but there's so much you can read into that for now. You know, the, uh, the razor blade suggests something darker, you know, the, like she leaves, like, like there's all this, like all these impressions. He, t- he can just pack so much possibility into a brief, amount of, uh, of time and words. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I, when I, when I think about like what I aspire to when I, when I try to write a song, uh, I, I think that he's just such an expert at giving you enough data to catch your ear so that you say, Oh man. Yeah. I really feel something. I, I think I know what he means, but like I read that line. I'm like, God, I, I can come up with at least three, four stories of what happened in that fifth of six verses <laughs> of one song, and like I think that's just the mark of of having just enough detail to paint a picture, but just little enough information to make you have to work. He's a fucking mm-hmm. genius
5: in the uh, the lyric writing realm. Like he's a genius as a poet, and it turns out that like that sort of thing translated as an artist, because that's what he was, straight up artist. Years and years of fucking amazing output by a human that was just doing his thing. Yeah. And somehow was able to continue doing that and explore the other fucking like facets of that. And Even after <laughs> his
3: manager stole all his money when he was older, yeah, and he's still mm-hmm. putting out that last record he put out.
4: You wanted, you wanted, darker. wanted darker? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's shit. awesome!
3: <laughs> like what a <laughs> swan song that record is amazing. And like that's like a couple years after this, scan, you know, this guy stole all his money. Like mm-hmm. this, it's just so crazy the output, like. I feel like he's what I pictured when I would like read about like 1920s Paris, Berlin, where there's all these geniuses at work. And like, you know, this is the kind of guy like this kind of output. He, he feels like one of those just classic. His songs could be, happen any day. These songs could have you could have told me these songs were from 1920. And I would have said, sure. And mm-hmm. 1967. OK, 2017 okay sure like (laughs) it's like this there is something here and timeless is a word that gets thrown around a little more than than i like there's not many people i feel that way about i think leonard cohen you if you told me that like a couple of these songs maybe with a couple tweaks were like ancient songs i'd probably believe you you know (laughs) yeah like like a medieval ballad right that's what i'm trying to say like it's just there's there's a quality that Actually, is convincing of the value of these songs for all time. <laughs>
0: Pretty cool cover too. It's just a very stark picture of him with some, <laughs> just,
5: some cool just a
4: tats. guy, a the, guy who's been smoking cigarettes um, since he was three. The photo credit is Machine. <laughs> yes, I believe that. Is like a fo- does that mean it's a photo machine? booth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, the back cover is really cool too. too. It is. It's the, uh, anima solo. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: A woman breaking free from yeah, chains. The, the, yeah the, a, the lonely soul yes it's yeah. a
2: popular in um, what they call botanicas which are uh, mm-hmm. that's where he found gardens it. yeah well no they're not gardens they're actually uh, like a bodega, bodega. they're a bodega but they're for gardens spiritual no. things like he, he santeria he, he, kind of stuff it's where you get your yeah, candles he, and your you can get remedies and your remedies and candles. your oils yeah. and yeah the it's the, that image of a woman in flames breaking free from chains it's pretty the iconic
4: specific yeah. devotional card that he that is used for the back of this was one that he found in a botanica near the Chelsea Hotel when oh, he was staying there. there you go. Yeah. It's really cool imagery. If you haven't seen it, look it up. Pray
1: for the angels And then the angels forget to pray for us ah, So long Cry and cry and, and laugh about it all again We met when we were almost young
0: Alright, so how do we feel about this album? I love this album. Man. Yeah,
5: mandatory listening if... um. Being honest, I, I I don't think that there is a better singer songwriter like record to this day. Like it, it 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 hits so many fucking notes that never got tickled by Uncle Robert or the Ilk, mm-hmm. who did fucking great things, like but Leonard Cohen broke it right the fuck open. Like this is this is brand new fucking like brain shit that like other singer-songwriters... like like Elliot Smith wouldn't exist without... No, you know, no, 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 no. That's a great
3: one to mention. Because yeah. if you want to mention one of the greats from the last 20 years... That, 30 yeah, that's years a direct now. Yeah, that's a direct influence, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absol-
5: Absol- you, you, you can't have that sort of like, thing One of my favorites of the band modern band era. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant.
4: If yeah. anyone listening is young enough or fortunate enough to have never had their heart broken... When it eventually does happen, <laughs> and you're looking for something, just like a balm, just to, to rub all over your your torso and face, and just 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 dig deep and wallow in it. Songs of Leonard Cohen. Just listen to like it. it it's not even necessarily a breakup album, but just I, I I've been through a few breakups, and it it sounds like he's it sounds like it's he's like, talking
5: it's, to me. It's like guys like. It's like, it's like, it's like
4: I've been there. This is what it's like. This is how bad it can get. Here's the nice parts. Here's the beautiful parts of it. These are the parts that you should take away from that. You know, <laughs> move, move to an island in Greece. It's going to be okay.
3: <laughs> Good advice, Leonard. Yeah. No, it's an absolute, absolute must for me. Uh, I love this record so much.
2: Oh yeah, no, I mean, even though I said in the beginning, and I still agree with uh, the Rolling Stone original assessment, it's a positive. Okay. I mean, just because you have maybe three songs on there that don't bang like the rest, that's 7 out of 10. That's a solid B+. Yeah,
4: totally. Yeah. I love this record.
0: I do too. I'm a a big Leonard Cohen fan. Um, Ever since I heard him, he kind of had a resurgent in the 80s, and I'm sure we'll get there with um, either I'm Your Man or The Future, but... Yeah, I mean he speak. I think he just speaks so much to the humanity of the lyrics, you know, to to how he phrases things, how he puts it in perspective, and yeah, like you were saying before, so so much with so so little to be said. All right, next time we'll be talking about Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash
1: at Folsom hey. Prison. Hey. Great record. All right, thanks, so See, you, bud. I believe that you heard your master sing And I was sick in bed I suppose that he told you everything That I keep locked away in my head Your master took you traveling Well at least that's what you said And now do you Come back to bring your prisoner Wine and bread You met him at some temple Where they'd take your clothes at the door He was just an umberless... I don't know if any of you, Goyim, know this, but
2: uh, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's Jewish, surprise... Um, but and I think you guys might not know this, but in, uh, in in Judaism there are twelve tribes of Israel, and some Jewish people contain the name. Their last name is their tribe name. So he's a Cohen. He's a Kohain. If you ever mm-hmm. see somebody who's like a Cohen, they usually are a Kohain. And Kohanes are the priests in. Uh, they're the priestly tribe in Judaism. So to be a Kohain even now in most conservative and Orthodox Jewish communities means that you have a place in the community, even though you haven't been a priest for thousands and thousands of years. If you, there are these things called Aliyot where you call someone to the Torah to read and the Kohanes get the first reading, they get the first Aliyah. So it's a place of prominence. And so for him to grow up in that community and see this rich liturgy and see, you know, the richness of, of, you know, old Testament, you know, writing and also to be, you know feeling as if you're you know a priest you're imbued with mm-hmm. like that position of power he's bringing that forward he's he's saying okay well i'm going to bring forward this this storytelling and this is how i'm doing